0: Now,
1: The Greatest Story Never Told, with Miles and
0: Thrill. Hello, welcome to The Greatest Story Never Told, episode number 23. Damn. Damn. We made a 23 podcast. Is there anyone out there listening, is the question?
1: I don't know. So 23, so we do it, what, once a week? So 26, we're at the half-year mark. It does not feel like we've been doing it that
0: long. Mike, when does uh, season one end of The Greatest Story Never Told, where we take a month off and then uh, come back with season two? But, wait, wait, if we're going to do that. If we're going to do that.
1: So I would say 26. That used to be the old... When we were growing up, they had a TV show, went from September to May, basically commensurate with their school system, averaged 26 episodes. But what we need to do is leave them with a massive cliffhanger.
0: We were going to do a story for you about our trip to Alaska, which involved our boss, Sergeant Hair Club, back in the day. However, uh, based on the fact that we would rather have him with us to tell the story... We are going to do another story that still involves Sergeant Hare Club, but I think that Steve and I can uh, we, we can put it in a different perspective. We did not hang out with
1: him a lot on this particular—we yeah. would meet up at different times, yeah. but Miles and I were left to our own devices, right. which is why there are stories to
0: Dave tell. Dave was uh, turning 50 years old, and uh, a group of friends that he's worked with for a number of years were also involved in a big birthday, three- or four-day extravaganza in the beautiful city of New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Uh, uh. Now, just so you know, uh, as far as New Orleans is concerned, I had been there twice in my life, both times when I was around 18 or 19, on a road trip with friends. It, New Orleans is is all that and more. We had a blast. Uh, we did mushrooms. I'm, I remember waking up in a car because we all fell asleep because we drove all night, got there in New Orleans at about 7 a.m., we couldn't check into our hotel until four the next day, mm-hmm. but we've been driving all night. We still wanted to, you know, kind of just, just take a nap. And so, you know, my experience with New Orleans was, was crazy. It was, I'm asleep in a car. I hear a tap on the window. I look out the window. I roll it down because I was the last guy driving in. All I see are four horse legs and a boot. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the hell? Because I'm still kind of dazed from, you know, I only slept for a few hours. I don't realize it's a, it's a New Orleans officer. He's on horseback. I look up, and I'm like, yes, sir, officer. What's the deal? And he goes, you can't park your car and sleep on the street here. And I was like, man, my, my bad. We're not checking into our hotel. It's right across the street. You know, we just, we just parked here because right. there was no parking because the hotel was full. He's like, well, there's some spots open. You guys follow me. How slow is that? He's on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, cluck, clock, cluck, clock, clock, so we go over there, we park, we do whippets, that, that whole thing. So my, my experience- We park, <laughs> we do whippets.
1: You say this like that's the natural order of things. You know, man, you yeah. park your
0: car, do some whippets. Do some nitrous. Right. We're kids. We're having a good time. So to me, New Orleans was just this wonderful place where you went and you, uh, you you drank and you had fun, you got high and all that stuff. But I hadn't been there in probably 20-some years. Yeah, now, you, yeah you lived
1: there. Yeah, I lived there for about a year. And uh, now, the year I lived there was- both the best and worst year of my life, right? It's worth thing. put it this way. When I left New Orleans, my next stop was homelessness. So you can you can determine that the trajectory was going in the wrong place. But the ride was fun, man. I mean, face down in cocaine, there's women everywhere. It's just but look, one of the beauties of being a dirtbag is that sex and drugs just come your way. Now, this is not the way to live. There are repercussions. I paid the price on many different levels, but it's fun. Man oh man, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Uh, when you're this kind of person, right? So You know, we're still familiar with New Orleans. Now, that said, New Orleans Orleans is built around drinking, right? I mean, look, they are a a tourist hotspot, and they should be. The food is as good as you hear. The music scene is beyond anything. If you haven't been to New Orleans, you can't explain what the music scene is like. That There is no music scene. New Orleans is... The music scene, period. Yeah. Oh, it's goddamn it. So, so,
0: so we get on there to celebrate, uh, celebrate a birthday, and uh, Hair Club's got some friends coming in from around the country, friends coming in from California, friends coming in from New York. They're all going to meet, we're going to meet, and we're going to have a, a blast. And we had a great time. It was great time. everything that you ever expected and more. The W in downtown New Orleans is one of the greatest hotels ever. they got a dance club going on. Casino it's, attached to it. Oh, yeah. it's uh, Harris is across the street. It, it's, it's a good time. Now, keep in mind that some of the people who are coming in, we all have our own vices as far as what we need to protect each other, as far as what we know to be true about one another. A lot of the guys that are with us are foodies. They're guys who are going to go and they travel all the time to different cities. They're going to go to the best restaurants. They're bringing their own wine because they're going to, it's a 50th birthday. They're going to bring the best wine, bring it into the restaurant. This is going to be debauchery meets class. Class, right? Well, Miles and I were responsible for the debauchery part. We are not part of the class. No. But we still, we hung in there and we would go out. Steve and I went out and we would start drinking just, I mean, we would. As soon f- as we got up.
1: Yeah. Well, no, no, as soon as we left the hotel. So you get up, you get dressed, you shower, whatever. But say it's 9.30, 10 o'clock. Before we determine where we're going to go to get breakfast, we go to the bar to have the discussion. So that involves at least two beers and probably at least three shots. Sure, Easy, sure. right? And that's and how you start the day.
0: At this point in time in the relationship that I was in, uh, every, every time I went out of town, it was a natural disaster would happen. Like the moment, it would, it would be 12 hours. So the right. natural disaster the next day was someone was either trying to break into the house or someone did something, whatever it was. It, it was, needs your attention. It needs because my attention you're immediately, and I need to focus on this instead of have a good time. So I go through all that. After we're done with that, I determine it's time for me to get hammered. So Steve and I go to a bar in uh, in the French Quarter. And it's probably about noon or so. And at this point in time, we're deep into tequila. Right. Because Aha Toro was a sponsor for the shot of the day. We're really enjoying our different types of tequila. We sit in this bar. A couple things we did not notice. The first thing we did not notice is, is this bar is basically sitting on a carousel. This is important to know. In other words, this bar is on a circular rotator on the floor. Like the Space Needle kind of, right? It yeah. spins. But there's a seam, and you can see it all the way around the bar. We learned this after the fact. And the bar is constantly rotating all the time. Very slow. You don't realize it when you're in there. But where you walked in is, even if you walked out the same way, you're going to be on a different street. It's called instantly lost. Yeah. So So we sit down at the bar. The bartender is incredibly decent to us.
1: No, 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 no. Is incredibly decent to you. And... I couldn't understand. They weren't mean to me. They were not mean to me at all, but I basically didn't exist. So Miles and I were sitting next to each other. I'd put my hand up and they walk by, hey, do you guys need anything? And I can say, hey man, can we get another round? And there's silence. And Miles would say, Can we get another round? Guys said, Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, goes, no. And th- this was all day. And I didn't take it personally. I'm just like, okay, sometimes you give off a bad vibe. Dude doesn't like me, whatever. But he's not being a dick. I'm sorry. He's not being terrible. So I'll let it go. Sure. I'll let
0: it go. So we sat in there. We drank for like three or four hours. We knew we were going to uh, meet up uh, Hair Club and his friends later on who have been playing uh, bag tag with me for uh, the entire uh, previous day in the Garden District. We brought up uh, Casamino's today on mm-hmm. the air. We went there, had a great lunch, just got absolutely screwed to our brains, uh, went out later that night. We were going to go to a strip club. Uh, a buddy of ours just egging us on to go to a strip club. And we're like, all right, you know, and we're not really thinking about it too much because he's excited. We've got to watch out for a lot of his habits too because he likes to gamble. Everybody's kind of looking out for each other. But uh, but he went – so we're like, yeah, man, we'll go to the strip club. So uh, we we pop into the strip club, and uh, then it dawns on us, oh, yeah, our buddy's gay. And this is a male review. (laughs) And this guy's up there, and Steve and I get one beer. And this guy does this thing where he takes out his penis – and he whips it around, and it looks like, you know, there's like three feet on each side. He's like, it looks like a <laughs> like, looks like, you a, could like win a Cessna it. is going to take off with a propeller. This guy's got the biggest penis I've ever seen in my life. You right? could double dutch with this. Yeah.
1: Like like two little girls. Like, thin, that, red, red, and his thing thin, thin was the yellow. helicopter.
0: He'd come out and do the helicopter, right?
1: You almost it's, got a breeze from the So thing.
0: we're pounding this beer as fast as we can. Like, okay, you have fun here. we got to get the hell out of here, <laughs> that kind of thing. So then the next day we go to this bar that's rotating around and, and do all that crap. Uh, we realized we're also in a, in a gay establishment. We didn't know that because we're sitting at the bar in the middle of the day and we turn around and realize, oh, well, it's all couples like us, but we're not a couple like you <laughs> right. in that situation. But then we kind of realized now we're hammered. We have been drinking all day long. And by the way, this is why the, the bartender liked Miles. So yeah. the only reason he ignored me, right.
1: he's hoping to bed Miles.
0: Sure. At that point, no I'm idea. like, cool. We had, we had no idea. We go out the wrong street because the bar has rotated around a few times. We don't even know where we are. We finally figure out what's going on. Steve, at this point, is blasted, hammered, hammered. So we find a way to get back to the hotel. And the key is we just need to shower real quick. We're going to go out to a nice place for dinner. And we just got to get our ass together. And this is, this is a pla-
1: the place we're going for his birthday. to give you an idea. It's a 10-course meal. Correct. It's sure. 10 courses they have brought. And when we say these guys like wine, I mean like the top-notch. Know. We don't know crap about wine, but they do. They've brought their wine. It is a 10-course meal. This is being uh, pr- uh, uh, prepared by the chef, not his underlings like the chef is responsible. It's that kind of dinner. But
0: it's we're nice. going to go ahead and get effed up. First. But we still need to go back. We need to take a shower. We need to get cleaned up. We need to look presentable because we're going to this place. So we, we stagger back to the hotel, which is in the opposite direction where we need to go. We get into the hotel. I jump in the shower. I actually become alive again because just the, the five-minute shower, I'm alive. All right, let's go. I walk in to the room and Steve is passed out on the bed. I was drunk, Miles. And when I say passed out, I mean Steve and I have shared many a rooms, <laughs> many <a> nights <laughs> under many circumstances. He's gone out. <laughs> so this is a very. This is like the dinner. Right, right. This right. is the this whole is, reason. That we're right. there. The
1: reason we went to New Orleans is for tonight. This
0: guy is the man. He's the chef. He and, and and truth be told, it was worth every every every. It was minute a tremendous.
1: It. I can't explain it, but it was either
0: way, we we're absolutely hammered. But I can't get Steve up, so I take off his shoes, I take off his pants, I take off his shirt, and I throw yeah. him in the shower. And then I turn the water on, and I'm like, "Wake up!" Is he still Wake unconscious up. at this point? Yeah, and he's naked. <laughs> I had to pick his ass up and drag him into the bathroom because we didn't have an option. Finally, he wakes up in the shower on the bottom of the tub and sits up, and like, and then Steve just comes back to life. You know what I mean? It's like you know, water on a plant. It looks like it's dead when you come home from vacation. Just just give a, little a little bit water. water, and bam, it's back up. So <laughs> yeah, right. So okay, but but Steve's still hammered. So he takes a shower. We So now we're walking down to this person's house who's going to host kind of like a little bit of a uh, hors d'oeuvre, afternoon, uh, kind of a happy hour thing before we all left to go to this dinner. Now, keep in mind, this is one of the bosses of one of the people that we are with. We don't, we don't know this. All right, so let's explain. Our boss,
1: these are guys that he's known 20, 30 years. Yeah, They're forever. very good friends. All of them have done very well, but all of them within their industries – uh carry significant weight, we sure. would say. So okay. we did not know that we were going to the house where this person, the house, uh, the person who lives in New Orleans is the boss of one of these guys who, as far as we knew, was
0: about as high up as you could go. Correct. And we're in the French Quarter. So you can't go get a doorknob at the Home Depot and put it on a door down there. You have to have the exact doorknob. Within a window of time. Right, the historical, blah, blah, blah. You have to keep the historic preservation up on all these, whether it's the iron rot railing that you see on the outside of a window or whatever it is. You can't just go have it manufactured, bought. It's got to be authentic. He lives in one of these homes. We don't know this. Also, it's we're just the, looking for an address, right? So yeah. our bosses
1: say meet us here. We don't know. We're just looking for an address, and, and we're the closer. We get to his house. We're
0: like, man, but oh we're, man. Getting the, we're getting to the we're getting to the the end of of the French Quarter where people actually live. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like the first area where there's homes, like Brad Pitt type houses, sure. like where he would live if he was down there with Angelina, or whatever. So we so we so we're walking down the street. Steve forgot to put his belt back on. No, so his,
1: you were rushing me. I did
0: not have time to put it on. So his is keep, how I remember His pants keep falling down as we're walking down the street. And this was an issue to me. But what we don't know is, is that uh, Hair Club, Dave, and, and all of his friends, they have already gotten there before us. We're running a little bit late. They're on the balcony. They're enjoying some hors d'oeuvres. They're drinking wine. They are pre-funking. And they look down the French Quarter, and they see us stumbling up Bourbon Street completely like I'm doing the sideways walk still, and I have my crap together, right. but I can't walk straight. Then he you don't have straight. your crap together. I'm more so than he does. More than me, yes. His pants keep falling down. They're falling Again, down like every five feet that Because
1: he was. you rushed me, bitching about, hey, you drunk ass, hurry up with the shower, and I didn't get dressed. That was my... All right, man, all right, hang on, hang yeah. on. we go. so right, got to go. by the
0: time we get to the door, this, 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 uh, this gentleman who lives there and his wife, his wife is down at the door ready to grab us. She's the kindest and, person. And, and carry us, like they're all ready to carry us. I'm like, oh my God, what have we got ourselves into? We're inviting these people into our home. <laughs> Keep in mind she's serving like, Buffalo tartar, Buffalo tartare. Bison tartare. Which this she hand-fed me
1: on her balcony. She has a... Because yeah. they, I'm not making this They were scared that I was going to fall from her balcony <laughs> onto the street. <laughs> no. Seriously. So they would hold me by my back belt loop. And this woman, because the, the buffalo tartare was, was to die for. Yeah. Uh, she's hand-feeding me this. I remember I got a phone call from my wife as this is going on. So, to, well, she knew I was going to get hammered. I mean, like she ain't new to the game. As Castle says... You knew where the train was going when you bought the ticket, right? So we're not having that conversation. But to be decent, I kind of walked away from where everyone was. And I remember part of this, but always explained to me when I fell down this guy's spiral staircase on the phone. Yes. They said, you never stop talking. <laughs> you just kept talking. But, so, but then uh, they heard me say, nothing, baby. It was just me falling keep down in mind. the this stairs. this is one of these homes where
0: you walk into the front door, and lo and behold, you go about five feet, and there's a courtyard that's open air. This place is tremendous. With grass one. and with a, with a fountain, and there's a stairway that goes up to the main living quarters, but downstairs, there's extra bedrooms and storage areas. It's it's an amazing house. True. So I see after he falls down the steps, <laughs> and then all of the uh, the pants come off again that uh, the wife uh, decides to go down and she's opening up a shed door in the back downstairs in the garden where the hose are and where her planting pots As are in the and soil and all these things. And she opens it up and she grabs this big piece of rope. And I see her grab this buck hunting knife and she slices off a big piece of rope after she stretches it out from our They're not to arm. racist, Mike. I see the look on your face like, oh, damn. And then she comes and she comes just like Tom Sawyer and puts the puts this belt of rope <laughs> yeah. through Steve's pants and then ties a square knot in the front with the rope. I mean it's just sad. So like he that. looks like I mean he looks he looks like he should be on hee haw at this point. You know yeah. like he's just And so we go to dinner with Steve wearing this rope around his belt. And do keep in mind the
1: way she tied the knot. Like the bows of it are you can't hide it. Obviously you have a rope tied right around your waist. Uh well I will say this. I don't want to give their names away. It turns out, the house that we were at, where they, they gave me the rope from my pants, and th- this couple was so nice, so, so nice. We find out that these people, they're not just the boss of our boss's very good friend, but to put it in perspective, at the time that, that this story happened, this friend of our boss's was the manager for, and you may have heard of these bands because they didn't do too well. One was called Tool. The other one's called Metallica so understand and he's not the, and keep in mind he's not the manager where they're yelling at him backstage like when he says something that's how it's going to goddamn be that's who this guy and we knew that about him the house we were at this was this guy's boss so like and i realized when you're there because they have this beautiful historic home but there's this massive like photograph not poster photograph of metallica and it's all signed and there's some very personalized kind of jabbing stuff. And I didn't give them much thought. I figured maybe you bought it at all to explain because they weren't quite mad at me, but they're like, well, you made an impact. Uh, you realize the house you were at. I can't remember what label it sure. was, but like this guy is the top guy. Again, to put it in more perspective, when we sat down for dinner with me and my rope pants and my Tom Sawyer look, the guy that managed Metallica at the time, and he was being dead serious. He looks at me and Miles and he says, man, I was the manager of Metallica, and it went through their dark period, and they had the nickname "Alcoholica" to the point that they printed "Alcoholica" on T-shirts and all that. He like said they don't hold a candle to what I've seen you guys do. Now, and at that point, that tells us we have were a problem. As proud
0: as we've ever been in our lives, <laughs> that you can keep up with, and Metallica. that's all you need to know about New Orleans. The manager of Metallica said we drank more than anyone he'd ever seen. He's never seen anything like. But look, we survived this dinner, which they could not
1: believe. We drank the wine, and to this day, it might be the best meal I've I ever eaten eat, in my I life. I've ever eaten in my life. And, and more we've never been invited back.
0: The manager, Metallica, told us that he'd never seen anyone drink that much in his entire life. And we were so proud when we got on that plane ride home, and I had my chili dogs in the airport, and we, we flew back to Seattle. And you know what's funny, Mike? We tell you this
1: story, and I see your face when we end up with the man. They were called alcoholics. They don't even know. Uh, when we shared this with our uh, respective wives— they didn't have the same reaction. No, they didn't. They, they, were, did they, not, they were not proud. They did not take it as a <laughs> no, humble they, brag. They did not. They had the look on their face and said,
0: what have I done wrong? Right. And why am I married to you? And I hate you. <laughs> yeah. There you go with The Greatest Story Never Told, episode number 23.
1: You've been listening to The Greatest Story
0: Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush Production.